0: to the toffee blues your source for all things everton i am jerry today i am joined by terry and a new face slash voice depending on however you are consuming this content we've got uh ben with us ben uh ben so you're from liverpool your your work shows up uh liverpool echo um can you tell us a little bit about yourself tell us a about, uh, you know, how long you've been supporting Everton, I'm assuming, like, forever. And so, yeah, just kind of go from there.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I've been an Everton season ticket holder now for nearly 10 years, Uh, a Mm match-goer since around 2003. So, very young Adrian, 25 now. So, I've seen all the uh, good and, well, a lot of the bad, obviously, (laughs) Um, to see, uh, but that's sort of my background. I've started recently recording a few podcasts for the Liverpool Echo. Uh, in conjunction with some of the people there and then I've actually had a written piece published in on the Echo website last week so this is sort of I'm at the early stages of my sort of forage into this kind of territory but I'm enjoying it and as long as uh, Everton starts turning it round on the pitch hopefully it'll be even more enjoyable to talk about wins.
0: Totally agree with that. Uh, so it's you kind of recently been doing the written content. Did you did you do blog entries before this, like just kind of writing random pieces for different uh, websites? Or how did you kind of get into get into that?
1: Well, to be honest, um, back when I was uh, 17, I did. I was a trainee journalist for around six months in college, to which I'm a bit of a dropout in that sense, because I left to then get a full-time job, which hasn't worked badly for me, because I'm still in the same industry that I, am, that I was then, and I'm doing well for myself. But... You know, that's sort of as limited as my experience was since school, really, when I used to write write-ups about Everton in my English literature classes. So really, it is just a case of I am a bit of a baby when it comes to this. And, uh, just, you know, getting involved as much as I can, because I really enjoy it, especially because it's about Everton.
0: Yeah, I know for me, like, I, I started doing this just, uh this was kind of my, you know, being in America. Uh There are a few... Everton folks here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, but it's not like a deluge in which I interact with <laughs> daily or anything. Yeah. So this is this is my connection, you know what I mean? This is how I can actually connect and not drive my 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 wife and kids absolutely <laughs> just nuts with me being, you know, trying to ask my wife, "What do you think about Moise Keane?" I think he's can. Yeah. you know. <laughs> she'll Absolutely. still talk Everton with me, but you know, it's uh, this is my outlet for that. is It's been pretty great with that, and I get to meet meet you folks, which is which is badass. It's it's, a, it's an education for me as well. Otherwise, I'm just shivering over here in the dark, um, <laughs> and no one likes just that. Cold enough in as well. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so anyway, Ben, welcome. It's, it's great to great to have you. Uh um, me. Y- yeah, man, this is, this is exciting. Terry, uh, we, have, we have another friend, Terry. Yeah.
1: Other
2: you can brag
0: member. to your cats about that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> another member of the Toffee Blue crew, is he?
0: Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, if he chooses to admit it. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know at the end of this. It was like, he's like, not in public, man, not in public. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's move on. This has been an uh, international break week. So everybody loves those. Uh, they, they don't is, is the true answer. Um, yeah. Like to, Tonight we have a local like, high school playoff game and I'm more excited about that than I have been for any of the international play over the past <laughs> week. So yeah, that tells you a little bit. Um, but uh, So uh, for the people listening via podcast, we're going we're gonna to keep it on everything. We're not really going to talk a lot of international, international football at the moment. Uh, we're going to start off by putting together uh, the Everton team of the decade, 2010 through 2019, who's deserving of what position. We're going to do it positionally, um, so it should be interesting. There may be the occasional problematic position where you're kind of like, huh, that seems kind of weak, but we'll do our best. And we may have some uh, overloaded positions as well, so I'm curious to see what these guys have to say about that. Uh, Then we're going to move on to uh, Everton's best signings of the decade. So it doesn't matter if they were already here or if they came through the academy or anything like that. Uh, They don't count. They have to be uh, having been signed sometime between 2010 and 2019. And then we'll end with a quiz, a pin shootout quiz, the 2010 through 2019 edition. So if you haven't caught on, it's a decade-themed pod, folks. Yeah, I didn't mean to spoil the surprise if you're into that kind of thing. Apologies. <laughs> all right, so Everton's team of the decade, guys. Um, so this is kind of a weird thing for me because I, uh, you know, Ben, you were talking about how you're kind of a, you called yourself a, kind of a baby when it comes to doing all the Everton analysis in terms of, yeah. you know, media and everything. I'm I'm kind of a, a baby when it comes to Everton support because I didn't really get my you know hooked in until around the 2012 2013 you know somewhere around yeah. in there so i missed part of this um but I, I i did a little research so hopefully i'm not too off um it seems a reasonable place to start uh at keeper so uh how many nominations do we have
1: for keeper ben what are you thinking well there's only two for me and one of them sort of pushing it's only been here a couple of years i think you're looking at tim i would uh, although I do probably think it was sort of end of his Everton career where he was starting to actually his form was starting to deteriorate slightly. Other than that, it's Jordan Pickford, the current number one, and I think it's between them two. You've got special mentions, obviously, to like to Joel Robles, um, and the only other than that, you've really only got Martin Stecklenberg, who, despite an away game at Manchester City, didn't really doesn't really cut it in any type of this conversation about the best teams. So for me, you've only got uh, two real contenders in Pickford and Tim Howard. Terry,
2: all that line-up with you, bud? Yeah, it's the most cut-and-dry um, area of the team, I think. Um, Howard's or Pickford's and anyone else has only been a little short stints. haven't he? Um, you know, Honourable mentions Are the, the one and only Jan Mocha, But um, oh.
1: <laughs> That game <laughs> against Man City at home when we beat them 2-0, he was outstanding.
2: Exactly. Could just get it from that. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, either of those, so are we, we going to choose... Pick
1: out those two now, or yeah, let's just pick one. I think um, it's got to be Tim Howard to be honest. Yeah, Tim Howard, just about. I mean, give Pickford another couple of years, and you'll, I think he'll he'll be a much better goalie than Tim Howard was. But for the longevity of the certainty, was for the club, I think you've got it just about. He just about edges Jordan Pickford there for me, yeah, anyway. I, I agree,
0: yeah. I agree. Uh, it is you mentioned that his form was starting to deteriorate. Uh, during this, this decade, but I think yeah. it was strong enough at the beginning to warrant. Yeah. And I think you're, you're right, give Pickford some more time and he's going to eclipse that, but it, it just depends on how much longer he's he's around how, and uh, if he can keep his concentration up and his emotions in check. I guess I we'll, we'll be finding out about that later on. Um, okay, Tim Howard Keeper, pretty straightforward there. Uh, this next one might be pretty straightforward as well. <laughs> Terry, I'll let, you, I'll let you start left back. Do we, um, do we have do we have many options here, guys?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's only one choice, isn't there? I mean, as good as Luca Dean's been in the last year, um, Leighton Baines, I don't think he gets, and he certainly didn't at the time, get the credit he deserved. He was, um, in the early part of the decade, he was unquestionably the best uh, left-back in Europe on merit, on form, on everything. Manchester United under Sir Alex Ferguson wanted them and he turned them down. He was, him and um, Seamus Coleman were singled out a lot um, when we were in Europe under Roberto Martinez as the key players for Everton. I think um, Leighton Baines is just, without question, the left-back of the decade for Everton. He could even be, arguably, the left-back of the Premier League for Everton. I mean, he'd be in the conversation and uh, there'd obviously be other great left-backs in there, but he was, its it goes, doesn't get said enough, just how good he was.
1: Yeah, I got no argument with that. How about you, Ben? Absolutely not. No, Luca Dean has been fantastic since we signed him. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to that. and The signings, the best signings later, but Link Baines, different class. I mean, other, it's a shame really that Ashley Cole was around as long as he was, because otherwise he would have been, for me, the best Premier League left-back. He's certainly the best left-back I've seen in Everton in my 20-odd years sport in Everton, but no, there's no argument. As good as Luca Dean's been, and he'd probably be the second choice, Link Baines wins it by a mile.
0: So guys, I'm going to continue doing uh, the 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 defense here. Um, four defenders, one keeper. I just want to get, make sure that we all have four defenders as our on yep. our team here, because formation-wise, I did sort of a I guess a four four
1: two three one. That's yeah. That's what I've gone for. That's kind of what yeah. I
2: did. Yeah, that's what we've played for more or less the In majority. Uh, yeah, so it would you know any evidence he, you'd more or less look at across the decade would usually be in that formation anyway.
0: So I just wanted to double check you guys were on point with that. We're all on, uh, yeah, full team. Yeah. before 3-1. I
2: started
0: spouting out some random nonsense. You guys are like, wait a minute, Jerry. Yeah. So yeah, uh, so uh, center backs, guys. Um, I'll, I mean, I'll just go ahead and blab mine. Uh, I I have difficulty looking past. Distan and jagielka Um those are those are my two. I think you can uh give a shout to some, you know, it, it'd be great if eventually Yeri Mina earns his way in. I just think he needs a little more staying power. Let's give him some more time. And you could mention John Stones at some point, but again he just not you know and he, he didn't really end very strong with us either. So uh Ben, what do you what do you think about that?
1: Uh yeah pretty much on board with you, I've got Jagielka and Distan as my two centre-halves I think the Jagielka one's easy best centre-back I've seen at Everton uh, consistent throughout that period he's obviously only left the club in the summer, the only other difficulty the only difficulty I had was the other position Sylvan Distan, I've written a few names down there I ended up um, going for Distan but you'll be interested, the other two names uh, the other three names even that are put down, one of them was John Stones that you've mentioned before, the other two in fact were John Heitinger and yeah. Kurt Zuma, because John Heitinger, although overall throughout his career, wasn't the, you know, wasn't that consistent, he wasn't brilliant. There was the 2011 2012 season where he got player of the season and he actually kept Phil Jagielka well out the side with his partnership with Sylvan Distan. So I think if we're going for the decade as sort of one off, I think yeah, it's still gonna be Sylvan Distan for his consistency, but special mentions to Heitinger and Kate Zuma, because I thought Kate Zuma, if we'd signed him in the summer I'd probably put him in the team it's because he's a Chelsea now didn't pick him because he was the last season he
2: was
0: Terry how do you feel about all that
2: yeah, can't can't argue with any of that. It's it's gotta be Jag Yelker and Distan. And I, I never or I didn't always like Distan across his time, but I grew to appreciate him more as time went on because I, I sort of unfairly compared him to Lescott at the beginning and he wasn't as good as yeah. Lescott, but he, he did grow when he was at the club and his partnership with Jackie elka was, you know, pretty good across the whole, you know, whole decade if you look at it as a whole collective.
0: Um, so yeah, no arguments from me there. Jagielka Yelker and uh Distance the centre backs. Alright. Uh so we're four down. got seven more. Uh right back. Ben, let's go back to
1: you on this. Okay, the only what this is probably even more clear cut than the late Baines position I said, Seamus Coleman doesn't there's, there's no debate. I mean Tony Abbott was a great servant for the club. Phil Neville also I thought that was his best position at right back, but uh, <laughs> He hasn't even sorted the way you've got Luca Dean vying for the left back slot in this sort of imaginary squad we've got. I don't think anyone I think even in the next 10, 15 years is going to come close to Seamus Coleman. So, especially because we only got him for sixty grand as well. So, it's Seamus Coleman all the way for me. know what do you think,
2: Terry? Yeah, can't argue with any of that. Seamus Coleman. I mean, I said the goalkeeper was cut and dry, but talk about cast iron. It's Seamus Coleman. There's just no no two ways about it. It's only a shame that he was bought in 2009. Otherwise, he'd be on the um, yeah. the the um, next segment for the That's best. Side. But uh, yeah, without doubt, the two the two most secure positions in this team actually are the fullbacks, the Seamus Coleman and Leighton Baines. This is a miracle that all of what I've, I have said,
0: you guys have said as well. I feel like I'm just going to alert the media.
1: That's Wait awesome. till you get to the midfield. That's when it's going to oh, change. I'm
0: oh, go- I'm so nervous about that. All right, <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> all right, let's get there. Um, let's start with one of our centre mids, Terry. Or you-, you can go with both the centre mids if you want. To get- knock them out, bang, bang. Um, who's the two
2: in the 4-2-3-1, Terry? For me, it would be Gareth Barry and Adrissa Gay. I think Gareth Barry's uh, partnership with... McCarthy was fantastic while it happened while it was, well, I'll correct myself it was fantastic for that one season where it was Martinez's first season but after that I feel like uh, McCarthy never really got back to his best after his injuries and if we're looking at it as the decade as a whole I think Idrissa Garnagay's got to be in there so he he needs to be in the <coughs> midfield so it's just which of the Barry and McCarthy pairs you go with and for me it's got to be Gareth Barry so that would be mine too
1: Ben, what do you got? OK, we've got the, f- the first disagreement on the pod today. Um, I've got Gareth Barry as the easiest choice out of the two. Very consistent. Great signing as well. We might come to him later as a free signing. But I actually this is the position I struggled with most of the second central midfielder because the four names that I was picking from, Idrissa again was one of them. However, to be fair, the other ones around it, there was actually James McCarthy, uh, like you alluded to then, and also... Funnily enough, Leon Osman, and before anyone sort of looks too surprised, the reason I've got Leon Osman there is because, if you remember rightly the season that he finally got his belated England call-up, I think it was 2012-13, Moyes' last season, he played as a central midfielder alongside Darren Gibson, and I always thought that was his best position. I always thought even Moyes tried to play him as a right winger too often, and that it was never Leon Osman's game. So that's the sort of special mention. But the name I've finally gone with, despite not the longevity in his time at the club during this decade, but purely for his class on the pitch, and I still think he'd get in the team now is Mikhail Arteta. I I think it's difficult because I'm sure you'll point out he was only there for about eighteen months, if that two years from when this decade begins. But he's probably the best, most talented midfielder I've seen in Everton. So as much as it was sort of the easy choice for me because I was choosing to be honest between the three I've mentioned before, but when you look at Arteta and what he did for Everton and how good he was, even when he left. You, you just—I couldn't leave him off the team, to be honest.
0: Okay. This is where my inexperience shows, because I wrote down players who I'm not even sure play the right positions. So there's that. I'll just lead with that. Uh, Arteta was the first name I wrote down. Yeah. Um, and then it gets hazy because I didn't write down Gareth Barry, although. He did make my list. Uh, he was one of the lists I wrote down in terms of being a strong signing, uh, but he, I did not write him down. Here's the problem: uh, Fellaini played more of a center attacking mid for us, didn't, yeah, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, mm-hmm. And that's I wrote him down, and he's uh, and uh, so that's wrong. <laughs> that yeah. Exactly. yeah.
2: You could, you could. If he's borderline. You could easily have him as one of your centre midfielders. Either,
1: yeah, I've actually yeah. got him mid though, behind the strike hit.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, I I wrote him down as, and like, uh, and I wrote an additional player down for centre attacking mid instead of him, just because I was trying to wedge them in because they were such yeah. good players. So sort of cheating, but no, no, yeah. that,
1: that, that's 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 perfectly well, fine. He was a central midfielder for the most of it, yeah. Yeah, if you okay, well, you guys and... made
0: me feel better about it. I appreciate
2: yeah. it. If you turned around and said, oh, I'm going to have Bernard centre yeah. center midfield, and I'm
1: like, mm, but I was a bit no. worried you were going to say you like Gareth Barry, attacking mid, like, at one point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... As long as you have him, it's <laughs> okay.
0: <Yeah. laughs> no. uh, so uh, we have Gareth Barry and just a Gay, Gareth Barry and Mikel Arteta, and Mikel Arteta and Marlon Fellaini. That's what we've got as our center mids. Now let's go across the three. Okay. Um let's think about left wing. Alright. I will leave with this because I, I only had like one answer. And that was Steven Pinar. That's yeah. the
1: only answer I had. Mm-hmm. Uh any disagreement on that, Ben? Um, no disagreements on that. He's in my team. Uh, the only other sort of name that I've got linked with that position is maybe an unpopular one, but it's Kevin Morales. Similar to the reasons what I mentioned for Leon Osmond or just because I think from two, when we signed him in 2012 to 2014 2015 he was quality and he was consistent and he was really good in the early, in the late David Moyes side and the 13-14 season when we had Roberto Martinez obviously that tailed off and I think it's left a bit of a sour sour note on his time at the club but for a pure ability I'd actually say Morales was better than Pinar but for the purposes of this team for what he did for Everton again and for the partnership alone, with like being Stephen Peanut, You got no items with me from that one.
2: Tear Bear, what do you got? Yeah, it's got to be uh, Pina. He, he to me is very much like Arteta. Whereas even though he came into the, um, you know, he came into the club in the previous decade, he was obviously still part of the team going into this one. And um, I think he got. He, I think of Arteta as not here long enough, but pena because he came back. After Arteta had left, I, th- I think it was after Arteta had left. But he basically came back for a second stint, so we got a few more, you know, years, you know, grace at the club. And I, I can't argue with the Morales shout um, as well. I think he, you know, he's a strong candidate as well. But for me, there's only one choice. It's got to be Steven Pienaar. Yeah. All
0: right, Terry, keep keep talking and, and, and plowing to uh, right wing.
2: Right wing for me was the the most up in the air part of the team because whilst people may think oh well Kevin Morales Kevin Morales was a force of a player when we first got him the late like I said Ben said the the late Moise era early uh, Martinez era however if you look at if you consider his whole his whole time across the decade you know, he he doesn't just tail off at the very end of his career he does spend a good you know few years. Being useless and you know being a negative um, influence in the dressing room. So I, for me, what would have been a nailed down position, he isn't anymore. So if you look through, there's the strong cases to be made for like short stints for a lot of players. There's Jared Delafeu, He got like lots of uh, assists for Lukaku that season and struck up one of the strongest partnerships I've seen at the club. There's um, for his two short stints, Landon Donovan. He came in and was really, really effective and he did, you know, I, I loved Donovan and Anna, every did t- two times he was here, he made the team better, but, you know, you could just say him when there's not enough, you know, it's not been a, l- a long time, but the player I'm gone with is probably the only one who's in the team now, and I'm going to go with Richarlison. I know he's only got one season under his belt, but that, to me, is testament to the quality of the other players we've had on that wing, because... You know, we've had... He, he's a top-quality player. He looks like he's going to get better and better, and he's been our joint top scorer already. So I don't think... Uh, I, I mean, may, maybe Morales was our joint top scorer once, but he, for me, I think Delafeu, Donovan and Morales and Richarlison all have equal, equally strong shouts for different reasons, but I'm going to go with uh, Richarlison on this one.
0: Yeah, I was laughing, Terry, because I, uh, I, I also have Richarlison. And I was sitting there thinking... Is he really a right wing? No, he just kind of <laughs> plays across the line. He's, so that was just like I felt like Richarlison, when I look at when it, I think when it's all said and done, he will deserve to be in the team. Um, but yeah, it's a good question. Um, now that we know Moise Keane is a right wing. Should we? Should we <laughs> all right. So uh, so what
1: do what are you what do you think Ben? Well, not Moise Keane for a start. He's definitely a (laughs) strike, but that's another debate. I don't even think it's a long debate, Ben. um, Yeah, but uh, moving on. Actually, um, I've got Richarlison on my sheet as the second choice on the right wing, funnily enough, um, because I was struggling to come up with it. Delefeu, I think, was too inconsistent for me. I actually think Morales probably was a better player than him as well. But for me, I've I've actually gone for Landon Donovan. He was only here a short time, but you know what? Every time, the two times he joined us in 2010, January, I think 2012, I think it was, he just instantly improved us. And you know what? It was the biggest, I think, regret of that sort of era that we didn't sign him, especially after the first loan spell, because basically he was getting interviewed every five minutes by the press over in America, and he was saying how much he wanted to join Everton without actually saying it. But obviously, he didn't want to annoy LA Galaxy, who had done a lot for him. But for me, Richarlison, I, I've no doubt. I've no doubt if we do this in another 10 years, he's probably going to be in the team. But again, it's the position is he left? Is he right? I think he's a striker. It's a difficult one. So I, I've gone for Landon Donovan because a bit of the sentimentality of what if we'd have just signed in when we should have done the summer of 2010, I think it was after the first loan spell. Who knows what? I think that was the missing piece. That was Miss piece for us then, and that's why he's in my team today.
0: Yeah, big regret for me. I wasn't following Everton at that time. <laughs> oh, that sucks. And everybody's like, "Oh yeah, Landon Donovan, right?" I'm like, "Yes." Brilliant. I player, assume. <laughs> so yeah. Um, all right, center attacking mid here. Uh, ben, why don't you go ahead and uh, I think we, you've already mentioned who your center attacking mid is. who <laughs> yeah. uh, If
1: you want to repeat that and give your reasoning. Well, before I obviously I think you know we're audience, but before I do, I'd like to sort of make a sort of online apology to my hero Tim Cahill. He is by far away my favourite player who's ever played for Everton, and this unfortunately this sort of survey team selection, if you will, has just come just a couple of years too late for him. Ten years before that, yeah, in the Premier League overall, 11, we have got yeah 100. He's for me, he's an Everton legend, but for the two years. That he was still there till 2012 in regards to this conversation, I think Marouane Fellaini offered more. I think Marouane Fellaini was pivotal in that very late David Moyes team in 2012-13, when we really should have done a lot better, in my opinion. But, for especially the season before as well against Man United, he scored a couple of goals in the famous four-all draw. So, as much as it pains me to not put Tim Cahill in the side, so I'm sorry Tim, if, of course, you're not listening, but... Um, it's got to be Marouane Fellini from You
0: never know, he's pretty active. Tim Cahill gets, well, well, you
1: know, he's around. If Tim, Cahill, if Tim Cahill is this, then I'm sorry and I love you, Tim. End of.
0: <laughs> Terry, who's your an attacking mid?
2: Yeah, I echo every single word he's just said. Like, you know, honourable mention to Tim Cahill, but, you know, given the uh, the the dates that this is encompassing, then it's going to have to be Marouane Fellini. He was just... A physical beast um, when he was playing. He's the only ever target man number ten I've ever seen. You get like you know, you know, playmaker number 10, second striker number ten, a target man who's not the first forward player. I've never seen another one since, and I've never seen one before. But he was just fantastic the way he was using that um, late Moise era team and Fellaini at the time. He there's always I always think of it personally of you know. Each team's got like a franchise player. Like I mean, some teams have got maybe one or two, but um, you know they've certainly got a lot of players who people recognise. But the one player who you think of when you think of that team, it, you know, it was Kale before that. It was, yeah. you know, I think, it, for a short spell, Fellaini was as well, and then obviously it was Lukaku, and it's um, it's probably Richarlison now. Um, when you you look at there's plenty of other good players, but Fellaini was that iconic Everton player. You know, he have got the hair, and he you know. It's a wasn't he? Yeah, you know he bring. You know he 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 played well in the big games. You know not always, but for the most part. And you know he, he ran the show against Man City and the you know this headed uh, goal against Man United On the opening day of the season, where the the script for Sky Sports was just written that like oh Man United have bought Van Persie and they're just gonna you know turn up and beat everyone this year and Everton just spoiled the party on the first day. Just just brilliant. I I think Fellaini. It was just absolutely ridiculous. The the lack of respect he got when he went to Man United. Like Man United supporters and like sort of intelligentsia all thought they were too good for him. It's like they really didn't see what they were at that time. They 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 all they they you know, they still but probably to this day say they he was never a United player. When there's much worse players who played for Man United while Fellaini was there. Off. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly they just they just sort of made their minds up because he was brought in by an unfashionable manager and was an unorthodox type player that he wasn't good enough for them and he was one of their most effective players for his entire time and he probably could do with them now i think he'd get in their midfield now i think he get in ours as well <laughs> yeah he's an underrated player i, I definitely like I agree that. so uh because I've already
0: said Fellaini, and because I, uh, again, uh, I, I, I wasn't watching Everton in the early 2010s, um, but I, my favorite, he's like a human highlight reel. Um, I I didn't realize he he may not have been providing as much in the early 2010s, so I wrote down Tim Cahill because I figured he may be watching, he may earn some brownie points, you know, Tim, you see what's happening here. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, just saying. Uh, no, so I, I wrote down Tim Cahill because um, he embodies everything that I feel like is important in a player. He's just, um, just, I don't see how a dude like that is winning headers over guys a foot taller. It's nuts, okay? his and, and he provides some of the best highlights I've ever seen. Now, was I watching games at that point? No, which is probably why I said his name and these guys didn't. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I basically wrote this down because, uh, yeah, he is my favorite player that I never saw play live. Except for in the World Cup. I saw him play in the World Cups. And, uh, yeah, provided some highlights there too. Um, so last thing, striker. Um, obviously, this is the strike, right, guys? Um, Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Dennis Struck, if you want to play. Yeah. So, I'm
2: uh, the ass, but
1: you know, <laughs> you know, <I> know. <laughs> love love him equally. To be honest, yeah, he, he was great. he's great as well. Uh
0: so, uh, yeah, I went, uh, I went, Lukaku.
1: Yeah, standard. There's no There's no uh, like arguments, is there?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. The the best
2: um, Premier League era striker at Everton, like him or loathe him, He was great for us. We we, we had a te- we, we had a terrible team for the time he was here. For the most part, apart from the first season. And he scored twenty goals every season, and just wish he had a different a uh, different personality. He'd be if he would be an Everton legend if he just wasn't such a you know petulant, childish you know person. The now players who didn't have even half the talent he's got will be remembered more fondly than he was, especially after the way he conducted himself when he left. But can't take anything away from him. He was by far our best striker for the whole decade. If
1: he, he had Tim kales sorry, to yeah. if he had Tim Cale's attitude and his sort of presence on the pitch, then you've got an unbelievable world-class strike. And, like, I completely agree with what you say there. His attitude let him down, didn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, every international break, he, you know, we talk about leaving and, and you know, he, when he left, he, you know, he cupped his ear of fans. And just going, oh, I, I, I saw a banner not long ago at Goodison with, like, various number nines on it. And the most recent one was Duncan Ferguson. And I just think, you know what, Duncan Ferguson wasn't even half the player you are, talent-wise, Lukaku. But he'll just be remembered as a hero to Evertonians, because he, he got the club and he loved the club. Whereas Lukaku, while well, he was fantastic, just didn't. Also,
1: well, Sandro Ramirez on this uh, flag, by the way. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, uh, I imagine you, we Nathan. might get on to him later if we do a uh, signing section.
2: But, uh... Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. Tell yeah, you, I'll,
2: I'll, I'll tell you. I on one small uh, sidebar. One player who was better than Lukaku for four months only was Yelovich. Jelovic I knew you were going there. He was <laughs> unreal for four months. He must. He literally was possessed by the spirit of like. so happened and, with him
1: when he went on Aldi, didn't he?
2: Yeah. And, and, like he was unbelievable. Everything he touched, when you know, second touch was a celebration. He just couldn't do no wrong, and then after that, just you
1: know, went downhill. Well, we got used to Everton, didn't he? That's what it was. He got sold nah. on training ground. You're not allowed to play like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, isn't <too> much.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, that's it. That's all the positions, guys. That's a full team. Um, so some disagreement around center mid, uh, a little bit around right wing, a little bit around center attacking mid. Uh, but that's about it. Relatively straightforward I feel like we're all uh, we're agreed on a lot of stuff so I'm trying to decide if that's good you know what I mean it doesn't really uh, that's what I mean there's not a lot of composite competition for places Mm -hmm. evidently but um, or it just says we had some really great players at certain positions so take it however you want Um, it does hint that uh, you know good players at Everton in the past kind of hung around for a while until they did a good job, you know. So that's good, I reckon. So, yeah, that's it for Everton's Team of the Decade. Uh, Stick around. Next segment's going to be Everton's Best Signings of the Decade. So that's
2: coming.
0: talking about Everton's best signings of the decade so the three of us will be putting forth a few names three names apiece if you venture into four it's up to you Uh, we may be a little flexible but we should end up doing our best to come to some form of consensus if we could all right Um, so uh, Ben started us off with the last video so Terry if you would put forth one of your na- one of your names, please, and then we'll move
2: on to Ben. Um, I'm going to get a big, obvious one out the way. I'm going to go with Romelu Lukaku. Ah. It
0: was
2: expensive at the time, but worth every penny. He was, it was not guaranteed that we were going to be able to get him after his loan spell. He's, you know, he's scored a lot of goals at West Brom and then a lot of goals on loan at Everton. And, you know, there was talk like, oh, he's going to go back and he's going to start for Chelsea, and, you know, Everton can't afford him. This is the pre-Farad days. But when we brought him in for what was a club record fee at the time, I think it was £28 million. Twenty-eight or whatever. Yeah, 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 I've he, got that as well. He was a huge statement signing that Everton managed to, you know, get him. And then he went on from there to, you know, become our leading goal scorer in the Premier League era. I think if you're talking about players... Um, you know of the decade, if your overall Premier League goal scorers is amongst them, you can't leave him out regardless of as I touched on the last video you know his, his you know personality issues and you know reasons that evertonians have reasons not to like him. I think he's he's got to be in the conversation Ramelu Lukaku.
0: I'm just going to go ahead and say I had him
1: written oh, down absolutely make number he one, one he was my... number
0: one for me as well. I, yeah i I had him written down you had it, so all of us agree. Lukaku is is uh Definitely. should be one of the one of the strongest Everton signings of the decade. All right. Um to be honest with you, I flipped out when he signed on loan. I thought that was crazy. You know what I mean? When that happened, I was like, Holy hell, that's a coup you know? And then we turn around and sign him the next year is nuts. Uh it's just Yeah. I'm still I I'll just go on record. I think he shouldn't have cut the hair. I thought the hair was awesome. I agree. Just <laughs> it's a very Samson-type situation. Just saying. All right. <laughs> um, so, Ben, give us uh, give us one of your names, please. Um,
1: I've gone for one a little bit sort of left field, to be honest with you. I've gone for Stephen Naismith. I've gone for Stephen Naismith because he was a ah. free transfer. And like I alluded to before about Tim Cale, the, sort of the the embodiment of Everton Football Club that he was at the time. I think Stephen Naismith is the closest we've had to a kind of direct replacement for Kale. I don't think he was as good as Kale, that's not what I'm saying. But I think he was as close to and as a free transfer, I think after he got his first season out the way he started, to set, I think Roberto Martinez really got the best out of him and even started scoring goals in Europe. And you know, if you look at the stats for the goals he scored, I think out, out of the 30, 40 odd goals he scored for Everton, I think I'm right in thinking one of the stats around it's like seventy five percent of the goals he scored were against teams that were above ever in the league when he played them and uh, to be honest I do remember so many big games against the likes of Chelsea uh, at the time we got beat 6-2 he, he was responsible for a goal then he scored a hat-trick when we beat him 3-0 uh, in Martinez's final season so I think although he maybe wasn't ability-wise the best player we've seen Jordan Nair I think for a free transfer and the fact that we made £7 million profits on him and then got another million pound or so in the summer years after we'd sold him I think that makes a pretty good signing to me I did not write
0: him down, but complete agreement on embodying Everton's spirit, what the club stands for, all of that, I, it's, I don't see, I, I just can't disagree with that. Um, you know, it's really, you know, the obvious thing is, oh, that perfect hat trick yeah against Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's the obvious thing that people say, obviously, when they think of Naismith. Um, just the fact that the, the work he does in the community, Absolutely. the fact that he's constant, you know, he, 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 uh, he, just seems like an awesome guy. Um, and you're right. He wasn't, a, he wasn't intimidated by the big clubs. Love that. You know, um, I would say he is the, the, the Tim Cahill-esque, you know what I mean? And the fact that it's yeah, everything you said, Ben, um, I didn't write him down, but I totally get it, you know? Um, Terry, anything on Nasey?
2: Uh, no, no, I, I did not have him in mind, but he makes a compelling case. That's so it's, you know can't argue with any of that. You know, very one of the best value signings for sure of the last decade, definitely.
0: All right. So my my uh, you know home run easy answer was Lukaku. So I can't say that one. So now i got to name one that you guys may actually have issue with. So that sucks. But <laughs> you'll be like, oh, that's dumb, Jerry. Um, I, I'm trying to, I was trying to come up with the, a good combination of value and did he perform for us over a stretch of time, OK? Return on investment, but did he also perform it up for us at the same token? And by that standard, I, uh, I really like Adrissa Gay. I really like Adrisa Gay. I look at how much we paid for him, which was like around seven million from Villa, and a time where the the prices were starting to escalate. And the fact is, he was like an Iron Man for us. Sorry, Terry's posters are affecting what I say. Uh, so <laughs> I'm a, it's like Usual Suspects. I'm just like seeing everything in the background. Uh, but uh, but yeah, and the fact that we just got we just Got a decent payday on him. Um, and he, he basically, for the longest time, there were games where we were like, oh, everybody tried. Uh, we didn't really play well except for just a gay. Just gay was awesome. You know, he always had the stats to back it up. Um, he's just, and he was just a consummate professional. <clears throat> so I put all that together, and it's, it's hard for me to disagree because 7 million in, in this era is, gosh, that's like 1 or 2 million before that you know so that's just that's another I just thought it was really good value
1: yeah so No, I couldn't disagree with that to be honest I think uh, I haven't got him on my list I must confess but yeah very good player very good value and I think we've missed him this season to be honest yeah
2: he was definitely he was no, <clears throat> excuse me I'm surprised to hear that he wasn't on your list He's, he was number two on man, I had Lukaku and then Adrissage second absolute you know steal of a player seven million you know what was that at the same time that you know Neymar was going for two hundred million and and what have you absolute you know brilliant value player good signing yeah Terry who's your next well you've you've gone for Adricage so I can't use him there's this was really difficult because I I personally don't like to consider what we sold them for as part of a reason that they were a good signing because I you know. The club historically, not so much recently, but historically has sold well. So we always make, you know, decent money on players. And if you just go off that, you could mention John Stones. He came in for half a million. You've just smiled, Jerry, so it makes me think you've got him. Um, (laughs) <laughs>
0: he he's on my list of like my big list but I didn't make him like
2: one of my yeah, three if you know, that makes sense 500,000 so. pounds sold for uh, bought for and sold for 50 million you know that's pretty good but I want to focus on just what they're like at Everton and I'm going to go um, with Luca Dean now he's only been yeah. here one season <laughs> but I think it doesn't get said enough Max touches on it quite a lot when. Um, in you know other um, episodes but the replacing Leighton Baines was going to be one of the most difficult jobs to do you know he's such a consistent player for the club and he was you know he was an icon of the club the supporters are supporters favorites so it wasn't just a straightforward thing to to replace him and even if you we'd have gone and got a superstar it may not have worked you know like you know that kind of thing so the fact that he came in and not only has gone into the left back position and you know made it his own after replacing such a long term, you know servant, he's taken on the sort of mantle that Baines had as well as he's one of the you know primary chance creators and you know he's you know he's one of the best attacking outlets and he's got that comp- that partnership with uh, Bernard ahead of him the same way Baines had with a uh, Pino. You we know, could have easily just got a left back who came in and just did a really. You know, workman like Job and just defended well and put the odd cross in here and there. But he's we've literally found a you know full successor in every respect, in style, in you know you know fan fan affection, everything for one of our most beloved players. So I think for me, um, just going off what they are on the pitch to us, not on the balance sheet, it's got to be Luca dean has got to be in there.
0: Ben, you look like you disagree.
2: <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So, for people listening <laughs> on podcasts, he's
0: been nodding like the whole time. So
1: I'm actually surprised. <laughs> me. I didn't think anyone else was going to say him because it took me a while to really to realize because of the fee we paid for him. You, you know, you think bargain signings other than Lukaku, you're sort of looking at your free transfers like your Gareth Barry and like a before mentioned Stephen Naismith. But yeah, absolutely. Replacing Leighton Baines, I thought, it was going to be the most difficult thing this club ever had to do. Turns out not because we've got sort well, of Baines 2.0 and Luke I still think, I still think there's a slight difference in quality. I think he's still got a little bit to learn in the English game before he becomes that ultimate Leighton Baines level. But give or take, sort of Robertson across the park. I think him and Dean are the two best left backs in the league. And even at 19 million, which doesn't sound cheap for a defender, to have you know, let's face it, the world champion the first choice left back. As an option even for nineteen million pounds he's on my list
0: all right uh he was on my big list I have a list of like one two three four five six seven and then I went out I kind of whittled it down uh so yeah he was on my big list um but yeah it again can't disagree I love Luka Dean just just a pro you know um I think he's got some serious captain qualities. Serious captain qualities. Consistency is a big part of it. But also, uh, you know, thinking about what's important during difficult times during a, during a match. You know, uh, trying to stick up for players. Just sticking up for the team. Uh, yeah. Love Luka D. Um, ben.
1: What do you have next? Well, my, my all three, my three have been used now: <laughs> um, Lukaku, Nait Smith, and Luca Dean. But um, I'll, okay, off the top of my head, I'm gonna sort of, you know, I'll have a bit of a brainstorm here. Uh, Gareth Barry, for me, Gareth Barry.
0: Also, on my yeah, list. Gareth Barry, yeah.
1: because uh, I don't think we. Nec- it's, it's a real shame that we didn't get Gareth Barry when he was sort of 23 rather than 33. But even in the short time he was with us, he was Mr. Consistence. He was he was a leader as well, to be fair, on the pitch, despite never being a full-time captain of the club. But, yeah, for his quality for a free transfer, I don't think you can disclude him from any list, to be honest. So, now that my three have been used, I will push to say Gareth Barry um, as my other choice. Uh, well, basically, and also because Seamus Coleman was signed just a year too early to make this, because that would have been everyone's <laughs> number one, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Gareth Barry on my big list as well, and that's nearly all of my big list. Crazy. Um, all right. I'm about to say one, I feel like I'm gonna catch some naysaying, but that's okay. Um, I I I I, I thought it was a big deal once we signed Jordan Pickford for 25 million. Uh, the fact that he maybe are keeping. Our, 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 our mainstay for years and years and years uh, in his prime as well, like potentially in his prime. I we may be getting the best years of Pickford at, at Everton, uh, which if he fixes, if he ends up kind of uh, making sure he doesn't pull a Newcastle again and get overly emotional, then maybe he'll be he'll be fine. Uh, but I, yeah, I just think that it was a big deal for us once we were able to finally get a consistent keeper between the sticks. Uh, I just thought that was a really big deal for us. And especially when you consider, see Terry, don't wag your finger at me, but uh, when you consider if we end up selling him, what we would sell him for, we would sell well again. And yes, that's what I think about. I can't help it, it's part of the deal. Uh, So yeah, uh, I like Pickford as being one of those. Uh, It was tough though, because Gareth Barry was really cheap really cheap, you know, and just a stalwart, but I think when Pickford, Pickford is also giving us every game right now. He's having no injury issues. He's doing us right, so it's tough. That's my third choice, because my other ones were Lukaku and Idrissa Gay. And then a chill filled the room. Ter- anything, anything? Uh, yeah, Terry. Do you have a third name?
2: <laughs> yeah, not enough for me. I think he was a shrewd signing. Like we finally got an, um, a number one, a consistent number one. He, you know, he was he was a good buy, but uh, I would stop short of, you know, best signings of the decade. It's, it's there's there's other good signings which don't make the cut as well. You know, like signing Pienaar back from Sp- um, Tottenham, and yeah, Pick- Pickford. Good signing. It's done well so far, you know, on the whole. But not for me. on this list, there's there's other candidates ahead of him for me, even still. The actual naysaying. I know he wasn't just. He went to... Yeah, no, I'm
0: not used to this. It's weird. You're never. You're usually like, yes, Jerry. You thought I was gonna naysay, but I will hug you through the screen. And now it's like, I disagree, and you're an idiot. That's it. All right, anyway, Terry, give me another name so I can forget what just happened.
2: Do I have to? Uh, <laughs> John Stones. Are there any other names for you? Seriously. John Stones was on. Yeah. It was another one that I, I put down. said I wasn't mentioning him and then did and then gave loads of reasons why he would be. So I, I, I suppose <laughs> I, I sort of did mention him. Um, I don't know. Like Pickford was a good one. See, see,
0: Pickford over Stones for me just because I feel like Stones ended up really plummeting that last year yeah, with us. And, uh, you know, as many goals as he just gave away for us that last season, I mean, it felt like there were several times where it felt like you were just like, oh, my God, when he did that, he lost the game for us. It's in, and I felt like we, we, we could say that multiple times. That's what was bugging me. The, the amount we gained on him is crazy, like a lot of money. We made a lot of money on him. But it was just the on-the-field performance, uh, the consistency, the when you put it all together. That's why Stones wasn't on my what, top what three. What
1: about He's one on my big you list. Richarlison, you could make a case for it because uh, again, we don't want to talk about selling players, but you sell him now, you're looking at probably three figures. But that's that's just the way football is.
0: I wanted to see another like year or two out of him. You know what I mean? But I I think he end up could end up. We look back on it. And you see what he's done. And we're just like, oh my God! How could you not put him on that list? I could easily see that.
2: Um, I've got one. We, we may say the same thing about Yeri Mina, by the way, too. But I've anyway. got one that probably isn't on probably anyone's list. But if you think you know, you think of good value, and I'm gonna go. It's Calvert Lewin, both for 1.5 no, million. I'm not, and, I'm
1: not a fan. I, I've got to say, I'm not a fan. But so I'll stay out yeah. of this
2: one. <laughs> no, I wouldn't rave over Calvert Lewin, but I, considering.
1: No. Considering he was
2: 1.5 million pounds from Sheffield United, and you know he's he's come in and he you know he has scored goals in the Premier League. He's you know had a lot of pressure thrown on him, and he, you know he's I think he's improved every year. Whether he will continue to improve to the point where he can be a top striker is another question. But for pure value, how many Premier League forwards who are as useful as he is do you get for one, one and a half million? Not not many. Mm.
0: All right. If we're talking about value,
2: yeah, I mean he wouldn't be on me signs of the decade. But if you, you know, if, if I was casting the net wider for good value players, yeah. I think he, you know, he's got a mention there just for value. If he, obviously, if he'd have gone for, you know, Che Adams money or something like he probably would now, then you know he doesn't get mentioned. But you know, just just for the price, if the price, if the low price can be a, a major contributor for Adrisa Gay, then I think he he can have the same same logic so
0: I have written down three names on which two or more of us have agreed okay Romelu Lukaku Idrissa Gay, and Luca Dean yep. yep so those are going to be our signings of the decade alright that seems like if we're thinking about consensus that's the that's the closest thing alright um, so yeah there we go anything else on this guys are we ready to move on let's move on oh. All right, so uh, that's it for our Everton's Best Signings of the Decade segment. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for If You Know Your History, the Everton-based quiz segment that pits Terry against Ben in a Toffee's Cage match of wit and might. So, guys, it's a penalty shootout quiz, which basically means... I'll, uh, it'll be like one of you is taking a shot. Your shot is the question, all right? Uh, you will give a, uh, an answer to said question. The other person will give an answer to said question. Uh, whoever's closest, so if Ben goes first, he answers. Terry goes second, he answers. If Ben is closest, it's like he scored. If Terry is closest, it's like he blocked it, all right? So that's the way we'll work, all right? Uh, I am going to, I have a, I have a coin here podcast listeners it's a nice fake coin it's a fake 50 cent piece plastic with a picture of martin sheen on it ben is going to call it it's his first time so uh yeah heads or tails mon frere heads. it is heads would you like to go first i'll go please all right ben is going first uh so cue intense quiz music Oh, and there it is. It's super intense. Oh my gosh. My hairs are on end. All right. Ben. Everton finished sixth in David Moy's last season as Everton manager. How many points did we end the season with? 12,
1: 13. I'm going to go for 63. 63. Terry. I'm going to go with
2: 60.
1: Okay,
0: you didn't even need to say anything, Terry. Ben nailed it on the on the nose, wow. right on the nose. Not even on the nose. It kind of pushed through the nose and went up through a nostril, and it was just gross how <laughs> how correct that was. <laughs> so there's one. That's a that's a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So that's a so that's a that's a hit if we're playing Battleship. Um, all right. So next, Terry. Good luck living up to that one. Uh, so Roberto Man- Roberto Manager, that's his name. Roberto Martinez was manager of Everton for three years. How many games did he manage overall? Ooh, gonna
2: um, go with one hundred and forty-three.
1: Okay, can I, uh, is that all competitions or just Premier League?
0: It says uh, overall, so I believe it's all okay. um 129. Okay, can we just stop the freaking world for a second? No. All right? It's it's 143. Terry,
2: wow. bin, what is wrong with you people? This is ridiculous. <laughs> wow. The, no. Those two, uh, those we two should... penalties were absolute peaches. Top right the you top only corner. There, like, two, wow. Two, 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 two panecas we just scored what is with you this is nuts I'm sorry
0: I've heard good answers before but not like nailing it like that in a row gosh I feel like we've peaked (laughs) we should all just stop Everton content forever now it's never getting any better and sadly it's me witnessing it and not even providing the content myself so there's that and I'll have to live with it no alright so one to one guys let's go on to the next one so this will be for both of you. Do you have a pen and paper, guys? Uh, no, I
1: don't. So I've got all the paper. Okay.
0: So if you could get a pen and paper, both gentlemen have pens in hand now, and you have 30 seconds to write down as many Ronald Koeman Everton signings. Whoever has the most wins the point or saves the goal, whatever. Okay, and go. So I'm going to check the list that John, with which John has provided me, and we shall see where you're at. Okay. So uh, let's see here. Who was uh, who was going first on this one? It was Ben. Ben, give me your answers, please. I've got seven names.
1: I've got okay. Just a guy gotcha David Klassen okay Sandro Ramirez Um, yes Luco Martina okay Martin Stetlenberg okay Gilfie Sigurdsson all right and Ashley Williams that's seven
0: It's funny, this list that he sent me does not have Cuco Martina on it, but he, he should be. Yeah. So, so seven for Ben. Terry, what do you have? Eleven. Eleven. Oh. Could you name these, please? I've got
2: Idrissa Guy, David, David Classon. Who you love. Yeah. Uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Okay. Andrew Ramirez. okay Cuco Martina. Nicola Vlasic. Martin Stecklenburg. Wayne Rooney. Gordon Pickford. Michael Keane. And Yannick Balassie.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, uh, Rooney's not on this list either, but he should be all So, 11-7, so Terry gets the save on that one. All right. So, we are currently at, if Terry gets this one right, he wins. Terry, how many appearances does Michael Keane have overall for Everton?
2: going to say
1: sixty four okay Ben I was going to say seventy
0: three correct answer is eighty three Ben with the block okay guys so this is your tiebreaker question whoever's closest wins alright oh and that's a fun one uh uh, I suppose, yeah, Ben, this is your turn to go first again. How many goals did Everton score under Sam Allardyce's 26-game reign as manager?
1: How many goals?
0: How many goals did they score?
1: 27
0: goals. 27 goals, says Ben. Terry? Gold. 30 the correct answer gentlemen 31 and we conceded 32 yeah. but that's neither here nor there so guys Terry Terry by a hair skin of his teeth manages to make this happen both good showings guys well done that was good stuff uh yeah that was a that was a, a good old wrestle match <laughs> That's was nice. Uh, so, Terry, your your prize, should you choose to accept it, is you get to pick the tune we're going to close out to, to which we're going to close out, something like that. So what do you got, Terry? Um, and whoever's editing, he's going to look at his Spotify now. Um, so after about an hour, he'll come back with the title. I don't know what we can do in the meantime.
2: I'm uh. oh, sorry. I always do <laughs> Every time, I never expect to win. <laughs> That's the thing.
0: <laughs> you're the you're the opposite of Thomas. Thomas is just like I'm undefeated, and I have five songs prepped depending on the tone of the of said podcast.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna go with something strange, but um, since it's coming to the end of 2019, I wanna the song will be 1999 by limp biscuit i know what? limp biscuit i know wow
0: you know what's really funny is i was writing down limp biscuit just then and i misspelled it i wrote biscuit the way you're supposed to spell biscuit <laughs> and not like Bizkit the way you're supposed to, the way the way it's spelled And I was just like, oh god, I'm so angry at myself for knowing how to spell Limp Biscuit the right way.
2: Oh
0: Um, so why on earth are you subjecting us to Limp Biscuit? Because
2: I like Limp Biscuit. I've always liked Limp Biscuit. I'm of that age group, like early two thousands. I was a I was a little rocker, a little mosher. I had the baggy pants and the backwards caps and all that stuff and it's, it's 1999 is the song it's 20 years old and that was a you know you remember jerry 1999 new millennium was a big deal wasn't it and it's mad it's oh, crazy yeah. you know we just like I don't feel like oh new decade whereas I feel like back then it was a much bigger deal I know it was a new century and whatever you yeah I don't know I like the song it's it's really really like nostalgic 90s for me personally <laughs> and you know I always put it songs
0: I was 21 in 1999, Terry, uh, and I, uh, I owned Limp Biscuit Albums, I did, I'm admitting that publicly, tell no one, but in hindsight, Terry, I will say, not as big a fan as I was then, <laughs> not as much now as I was then, alright, uh, I am a fan of when they worked with Method Man, that was kind of cool, alright. But, uh, but yeah, so. All right, well, as, as we close out to the soothing sounds of Limp Biscuit, it's time to end the Toffee Blues podcast. Uh, if you've been listening, we really appreciate it. Well, uh, subscribe to the Toffee Blues. It's not always going to be Limp Biscuit, uh, we'd appreciate it. Also, if you're like, gosh, I really want to see these guys that are talking about Limp Biscuit, subscribe to our YouTube channel, because I assure you, it is, it is more than Fred Durst. I promise. Uh, it's, <laughs> so, also, if you want more Ben, keep an eye on his uh, his Twitter feed. He'll tell you when and where he's going to be. He, he's, uh, he Every once in a while, he shows up on the Liverpool Echo, but also the Royal Blue Podcast, which is affiliated. Yes, with the Echo, yes? Yep, that is, yes. Affiliated. All right, okay. I just want to make sure I was correct and you know, plugging you the right way. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> So, uh... So, yeah, so uh, check him out. A lot of good content there. We know Ben's a nice guy. So there you go. You got no reason not to. Also, uh, Terry, Terry uh, Information Abounds. Check his Twitter. Uh, Liverpool Echo Fan Jury. He does things. He writes Everton words. So check that out. Um, Yeah. And uh, hugs abound for Terry if you see him. Make it happen. Just don't touch the beard. He's sensitive. So, uh, also... If you want other Everton content, the Toppy Blues website. There's a lot of good stuff. A lot of our co-contributors, they show up there. They do a lot of hard work there. So please check out their work there. That would be awesome. Follow the Toppy Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have no more plug-in. Maybe I'll be plugging something of my own soon? Question mark? We shall see. We shall see. And it could be something that actually started on this podcast last year. And it became a real thing. There's your teaser. Maybe one day I'll actually talk about it. So, that's all I got. Ben, it's nice to meet you, buddy. Nice to
1: meet you, too, mate. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for the consideration, the patience, and everything. (laughs) (laughs) And and Terry, as always, my friend,
2: good stuff. Always a pleasure. Take it easy, guys.
1: Take it easy, mate. All right. For
0: for the rest of you out there in the world, much love to you. Um, Yeah, survive the international break. I assure you, Premier League, Everton football will come soon. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye.